Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Hello and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. Today we're joined by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill, and we're going to talk about the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, specifically its effect on county government operations, as well as its effect on the county's fiscal year 2021 proposed budget plan presented by the county executive to the Board of Supervisors twice now. Mr. Hill, welcome back to the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Person. I uh, hope all is well with you and your loved ones. Doing well, sir. Hope you are, too. And I, I've, I've elevated to Mr. I, I thank you for that. <laughs> well, I'm not sure who's uh, seeing you right now because I don't see you because we're doing this virtually as we uh, work our way through your, as you stated in the opening, the COVID-19-2021 pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah, folks will remember the last Connect with County Leaders podcast was a special edition that uh, featured you and uh, Dr. Gloria Ayensu, Fairfax uh, Health District uh, Director of Health. And we did that audio podcast in the television studio of Channel 16 so that we could uh, uh, enact social distancing. Today is uh, virtually uh, a little bit more with me on the telephone and you in a remote studio, so uh, hopefully our technologies will work and we can continue on. But I do want to talk about the uh, coronavirus, uh, specifically its effect on county government operations and the budget, and I kind of joke that you've presented your uh, proposed budget twice now, uh, the first time back in February 25th, and then earlier this month, April 7th, you had to present an updated uh, fiscal year 2021 budget proposal due to the coronavirus uh, situation. Could you kind of give us some highlights of of the changes in in this proposed budget versus the last one? (laughs) Highlights, you mean lowlights, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I don't think there's many highlights in this uh, revised budget. Uh, We've had several town hall meetings, Joe Mondoro, Christina Jackson, um, have gone into several districts to go over the changes that we have put forward. You know, um, change, budget, huge. Um, the school district, obviously, we had an $89 million transfer. Um, looking at our revenue forecasts and our projections, that transfer um, is now approximately $7 million. Yeah, but the the interesting things that I get from Um, people or that I cut the school district's budget. I just want to make sure everybody understands uh, the $7 million transfer is $7 million more than what they have today. Um, We don't tend to cut budgets, um, and we haven't cut a budget as of yet. Uh, We had over 170 positions in this budget. We're down to 20. Um, 19 of them are directly related to public health and one is for the election because we do have an election coming up. Um, the COVID-19 does not make us stop doing work. Uh, the elections will happen. However, um, other positions that we have had in the pipeline for 21 are no longer there. Um, right. Of the 19, I believe 10 are public health nurses. Um, 
our nurses in the for the school district and the other nine are in the public health department excuse me so it's a really stripped down budget um right. and it's it's sad to say um however i think we've been managing quite well uh we we're going to remain resilient my my opportunity here and my my nugget to all of the people listening is that i am trying to artfully maintain the jobs of all Fairfax County employees. The opportunity that we have at hand is an opportunity to do things differently and do things better and more efficient. And I'm hopeful that we can weather the storm as we change the way we do business. Right. Um, well, well, I know I know a lot of. Uh county agencies and services are being, you know, provided remotely, a lot of folks doing telework and that kind of thing. That's something I wanted to talk about. But in your April 7th uh, memo and presentation to the Board of Supervisors, uh, you noted that spending adjustments have been refocused on essential services only. You mentioned the elimination of the compensation uh, increase for county employees. The uh, new position request had gone from 177 to 20. Um, and also that all proposed tax rate and fee increases have been uh, eliminated from this new budget proposal. Well, thank you. I guess we can talk something else now that you've gone over the entire <laughs> budget, but that's absolutely correct, Jim. You know, uh, when you have a, 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 a time of uncertainty, um, it's very, very important that you artfully and skillfully move forward. Um, we had affordable housing as one of the major initiatives in this budget that we had to remove. We had a penny associated with that. So we have to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more artfully creative to allow us to move forward. Uh, you know, when I uh, last week I had a meeting with a affordable housing group, um, we have to be a little bit more. I don't want to say we have to be a little bit more. Let me let me let me check that. We have to be more focused in on getting things done without the use of the additional tax revenue that we had in our budget. So it's going to be a team putting pen to paper, putting their minds in the air to think bigger and bolder, to see how we can get get the things done, to see how we can get the things done that we have tried to craft in the last budget without having the funds and the resources in this budget. We have to reprioritize where we think our focus should be. And this is why that strategic plan is going to be so important for us as we move forward. Um, we had money for child care readiness. I had to remove that. Um, we had the compensation plan. Obviously, we can't afford that at this juncture. We are also um, looking to move forward with uh, body-worn cameras, but it's the money from this year's budget only allows you or takes you to a point. Um, we use one-year or non-recurring funds for last year's tranche to get started in the several districts, not all. We use last year's budget third-quarter money to allow us to get body-worn cameras moving forward. Uh, this ins insert of money or this allocation of funds is only to ensure that the recurring dollars are able to move forward with last year's 
one-time expenditure. So right. we will have a point where we are going to need to enhance the program, but it just will not be in fiscal 21. Right. You you noted that you know everything is uncertain right now. We don't know how long the the social distancing is going to you know continue. There's been reports that uh, the coronavirus could be even more severe when we come you know this coming winter. Uh, but you noted that it's going to be important to revisit the the FY 2021 budget uh, more comprehensively than in in prior years. What what do you mean by that, and and why? Well, we basically are going to have quarterly reviews, which are something that um, the county did many years ago. Um, We're going to be looking at everything on a quarter-by-quarter basis. Our biggest problem is we are in the Commonwealth of Virginia, so we have money comes into us. We send it down to Richmond. Richmond then sends us the report, so we really don't know where we are real time. It is always a month or two behind. So we're going to have to be a bit crafty and a bit shrewder in how we project our our revenues going forward. But we're also going to have to ensure that we monitor and don't overexpend too quickly or don't expend too quickly. Um, Obviously, this fiscal year, I have um, implemented a a hiring freeze countywide. I, I get reports once a week. Uh, for requests, and depending on if I believe they're high priority or not, I might go through the process of allowing that person to be um, hired. So we have a multitude of open lines that will hopefully balance this out into this year, by the end of this year, and then going into next year, hopefully I'll have more data and more data sets to be able to understand what this pandemic has done. Uh, If you ask me, our March numbers for sales tax are going to be quite high. I mean, you go to the Mm. supermarkets, you couldn't find toilet tissue of all things. Right. Um, Now you're hearing that we have shortages of meat. So people are still buying perishable items is what I view it. I'm not sure what they're doing with on the Amazons and and all the other uh, websites where they buy uh, things, mm-hmm. but I could tell you, grocery stores have uh, done quite well during the last six weeks. Right. You you mentioned, and we've touched on it, that this uh, revised proposal uh, keeps the current real estate tax rate of a dollar fifteen per one hundred dollars of assessed value, uh, eliminates the proposed three cent increase, uh, also removes the recommended four percent admissions tax. So I want to ask about about revenue, because coupled with that, I think if I read correctly, the Federal Reserve's actions to lower the interest rate to zero percent essentially eliminated county interest income of roughly twenty five million dollars. So kind of being hit by by both ends, I guess, if you will. Well, it's actually it's closer to 40 million when you when you look at it from a um a year for you and forty million. Uh, there's a wow. penny, a penny and a half in assessed value in real estate. So we, uh, we've we've absorbed a penny and a half just off the bat, just by interest revenue. Um, mm. I guess the Fed think that's a good way of keeping our economy going, uh, and I can't dispute that. But it does impact how we move forward. 
Um, all revenue that we get is split between the county, outside revenue split between the county and the schools. So you can see every revenue decline not only impacts the county operations, it also impacts the school's operations. And being able to ensure that we get enough funding on both sides, the way our tax structure is set, it is imperative that people understand it's going to be on the on homeowners more so than anything else because that's what we have. Now, this General Assembly is going about the business of allowing us to tax equally. That's a great thing, but it also brings in other problems and obviously right now other consequences as we uh, – battle through COVID-19, and I, I say COVID-19, 20, and 21, and I don't say that lightly. I think it's going to go through that many periods before we have a handle on what what is going to be the overall happening uh, and it, as it relates to COVID. From, from an economic standpoint as well as other standpoints? As well as other standpoints, and as, as well as the way we do business here in Fairfax County. Uh, I got 70% of our employees telework. Wow. Right. So now I have a building that has less people in it and I have leases out there. So guess what? Maybe it's time for me to bring the leases back in. Um, been thinking about that. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a year right. now. And as the leases were out, run out, guess what? I'm going to be starting to bring people back into a more of a centralized location. But then you have open buildings. So your occupancy rates are going to go up throughout this process because you're going to have businesses that have failed. What's going to be the next type of business? And I've talked to Victor Hoskins on several occasions. We go back and forth brainstorming. What does the new Fairfax County look like in fiscal 21, 22, 23? And for the first time in my life as a, as a professional, I have to say I'm I'm looking in the forest. I'm in the forest and I'm looking for the tree line. And every day it gets a little clearer, but I I haven't stepped out of the forest yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I need staff to understand, all staff to understand, this is not a short-term thing. We get right. cares. We're going to get cares money. People say it's two hundred million dollars. That's five pay periods. Wow. All right. So it's non-recurring. I need to figure out how to recur because recurring means I can keep people employed. Non-recurring means it ends. Right. And I get a lot of questions about what we're going to use the CARES money for. You know, to be quite frank, I'm looking to build our infrastructure so I can offset the general fund money to make it last longer to allow staff to get their paychecks continuously while I use this money to take it out of op- operational mortar types of things, infrastructure types of things. So I'm running a balance show, and I want all staff to know. Um, I, I try to send out as much as many emails as I possibly can. You know, my job is to ensure that tomorrow you wake up, you still have uh, employment here in Fairfax County, and that's that's my goal. That's my mission. Um, I think it's a, a privilege to work here, not a right, but I'm gonna. I'm very privileged to be the county executive. I don't like dealing with what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. I don't think I've not been in the office. I've been in the office every day since uh, March 8th. 
-hmm. Every day I come in here trying to figure out what's the way to move forward. And uh, I want to appreciate, I want to say thank you to every staff member that has continued to persevere through this. Uh, we are going to be stronger at the end. We're going to be better at the end. We're going to be more efficient at the end. And I just want to say thank you for working as hard as you have been uh, during this crazy time. Mm -hmm. Well, before before I kind of transition into kind of this, this new face of county government operations, I, I want to <clears throat> touch one more time on this, the economic uh, stuff. You know, folks balancing their checkbook at home, they know that, you know, either salary has to go up or expenses have to go down. With the um, elimination of the recommended admissions tax, uh, keeping the current real estate tax rate the same, I think I heard you say, you know, looking at, at expenses, leases, and those type of things. Is it a fair statement to say that there's going to be an increased look at expenses because that's the area that could be controlled more? Is that the right way to look at it? Uh, I think it's a great way to look at it. Um, but, you know, we have those sunk costs that we are already having to pay regardless if we are in COVID-19 or not. Um, the emissions tax really hurts big time for uh, Fairfax County. Uh, obviously, that money um, provided the arts an infusion of cash. It also allowed us to take money out of our contributory funds and allow for the library hours to be expanded. So it was like a trickle-down effect. More money for arts, more hours for libraries, now all gone. Um, visit Fairfax, arts Fairfax, library hours were all intertwined with that admissions tax. You know, I have a buddy, um, alumni from Alfred University, Mark O'Mara, and he's a big guy, he's about, you know, 6'5". I, he says he's not more than 260, but I think that's not true. <laughs> and uh, he, he kind of said to me, Brian, how are you going to do an admissions tax when my uh, my theater's closed? I looked at him and I said, I can't. I don't see how I can do that. So right. these are the small businesses that we want to continue to have to stand up. We are doing a microloan program to help them. Right. That's going to be unveiled shortly. We are doing everything poss humanly possible to ensure that our small businesses continue. Um, Sal and Pomodoro's Pizzeria reached out to me the other day saying thank you for connecting me with the Department of Economic Initiatives, DEI. I'm still out and about. I am still out and about every day. The team is out and about every day trying to look under every rock possible to make this an easier and softer transition. But we all have to work together. We have to all row in the same direction. I got an email from a staff member. Uh, it said rowing in the same direction with about 100 question marks. And I, that's made me <laughs> wonder to say, yeah, you just don't get it, but it's okay. We'll keep, we'll keep communicating until we're all on the same page. All right. Well, you mentioned the uh, micro loan uh, program. I think they're going to that is going to start uh, taking applications later this month. We are releasing this podcast on April 22nd. So there's also uh, resource information for businesses on the Fairfax County COVID-19 business page. All of that can be found on the web portal at fairfaxcounty.gov/covid19. Um, but you're talking about being out and about. 
hopefully you're social distancing and wearing your face mask. Well, you know, for the first time, um, (laughs) I am socially distancing. I have not worn a face mask much. I do when I go to the grocery store because people just get in my space there. Um, Mm. But for the most part, I get when I get out, I get out and I run. I talk to people from a socially distancing place. Um, I think I've had more meetings now um, than I had leading up to this COVID-19. You know, a lot of Zoom meetings. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, an, out guy, I'm an outdoor guy, so I, I need to be right. out and about. I, I, I have uh, ride-alongs or ride-by-side-alongs, ride by I should say, uh, with certain police officers um, coming up. You know, I'm trying to figure out ways to make this as normal as possible. But I will say this this is an abnormal normal. No, this is abnormal mm-hmm. abnormal that we have to think about going forward. Our normalcy is done. We, we have to think about new ways of doing business, new ways of interacting, new ways of socializing. Because uh, this, this COVID-19 2021 has changed the mindset of many. And... Changing the mindset of government is going to be key to ensuring that Fairfax County continues to be the premier county in the United States of America. Right. Has it changed you as a leader, leadership style? Has it has has it changed you in any way? Um. Yeah, I, I think uh, I have to be more resolute and not getting upset when I hear people um, make statements that don't make sense. And I have to be more resolute and guide um, fellow uh, CAOs, uh, chief administrative officers, as well as staff. I have to be more resolute when I talk to the board about where, what I see and how we're um, moving forward. I, I will say I've spoken to the board, all board members, at least every other or every third day. It's been a different communication style. Um, staff, um, the ones that I... I try to respond to every email I get from staff. Um, I will say I am more tired when I get home than I've ever been in my life. But, you yeah. know, um, you know, I'm younger than Joe Monduro, so I'm still a young man. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I, I have more energy than he does. Uh, he has right. been a stalwart. He's, you know, I, I can't complain about the amount of hours he's working either, trying to make sure that we can successfully get us through this 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 um slight speed bump right um Uh, more of a leadership even more leadership is where i'm at now than ever before and being cognizant of the person who i'm speaking with as it relates to their situation not the situation at hand but their situation Hmm. and being a little bit more personable with them and their situation. And this is why I, I try to get out as much as I can and try to remember things about people. If I can't remember your name, I'm remember something about you. So at least we mm-hmm. can have that conversation. Um, gotcha. What I've seen from um, certain political leaders is that it's not in their ethos to be friendly, kind. It's about controversy and and, and causing and stirring up mistruths. I'm just here trying to tell you where we are, who we are, and how we're going to move forward. I think your 
You have a senior leadership team, members of the senior management group, I think. Y'all are meeting at least once daily. Is that is that true? And, and what are some of the kind of things you're, you're talking about, you're looking at? Well, we have a, a team that meets um, 8.30 most mornings, every morning. It's, um, um, Dr. Gloria goes over health um, and where we are with the health and cases. Um, you know, Rachel Flynn will talk about permitting and how we're virtually doing permits, how we're standing up our DPD virtually. Uh, Tisha Deegan, what's the, what's uh, the DPD? Department of Planning and Development. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. My yeah, bad. That, is that one that we had to go back? It used to be DPZ. Gotcha. Now it's DPD. So I'm sorry. Um, you know, Tisha Deegan, uh, you know, we have a lot of homeless folks. We have people um, needing assistance. Uh, her numbers are up. You know, we talk about Merrifield and CSB, um, Community Services Board. So we, we, we have a lot of robust people. Park, and, park, and, uh, park Authority, Kirk and Cannon's on the call. You know, per, Kirk's getting a lot of heat for closing the parking lots. And, right. you know, people on West Ox or, sorry, on Ox Road just parking on the street and then walking into Berkeley Park. Well, we have 427 parks and a multitude of trails. I'm sure if you walk out of your house, I can where I live, I can find a trail to walk on. I don't need to drive my car to a park or a trail. Um, you know, Chris Lennon with NCS, uh, Neighborhood Community Services, uh, dealing with transportation needs and child care. Uh, Carla Bruce, equity officer, chief equity officer. And, you know, the stalwart Dave Rohr. I mean, I've, I've asked Dave to run the meetings because I can't make every one of them. He does a great job. You know, that policeman comes out and, you know, we're, 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 we're straight to the point. Uh, we get things done. Uh, we have Seamus Mooney from OEM, uh, Emergency Management, talking about uh, our PPE surplus or <laughs> not really surplus, trying right, to get right. things in, um, personal protective uh, gear to get things in, equipment to get things in. Every morning we go through it. Um, uh, we put we place orders. I'll give you an example. We placed an order for 60,000 gallons of sanitizer the day before it was to come in. The federal government took it from us. Oh, wow. And they canceled the order. Uh, we got we, we figured out ways to, to get it done differently. Um, I get emails daily. Uh, Congressman Davis, a former uh, board chair here. Saturday morning calls me up and he says, I got a, I got a lead for you. We follow that lead and we get K-95 masks. Thank you, Congressman Davis, mm -hmm. uh, former Chair Davis. I'm not sure what to call him anymore because he's also the rector of George Mason and uh, he's got his hands in everything. But those are the kind mm -hmm. of things that are happening. So Kathy Muse has done an excellent job of hun hunkering down and getting things done. Uh, calls to Colonel Greenberg and Fort Belvoir. I mean, it is amazing how much time... I personally am spending either on the phone or in meetings during this period. I thought it was bad prior to this. It's really bad now. But it's necessary and needed, and I'm not going to shy away from it. I I, I tell you, uh, leadership is key, and I, I spoke to Scott Braybrand about what's going on in his area, and I've asked him if he needed any help, and he's been 
very open with me about the, the situations within the school district, and, um, and we're going to help and support as much as we can because if we don't have a strong school district, we probably won't have strong business. And if we don't have strong business, we won't have a strong school district, then I have less revenue to coming in, right. and that makes it a right. different place. So people right. need to understand when the school district has a concern, the county should help. If the county has a concern, the school district should help. If we all have a concern, staff should understand the big picture and right. how we need to row in the same direction. We're almost out of time. Last couple of minutes we have here on the podcast. I, I know I've heard uh, folks at Fairfax County government, of course, you know, across the state and across the country, the, the topic is when are you going to reopen? When can businesses reopen? When can we get back to this, you know, normal, you know, air quote situation? You know, where, where do we stand right now, April 22nd, as this podcast is being released on reopening county government buildings? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, the governor has a state declared state emergency through June 10th, but he has a uh, the ability to open certain things on May 8th. Um, May 8th to me is a little close because, you know, um, you have to have 14 consecutive days of decline of case count. We have had 14 consecutive days of increase. As right. of today, uh, we had 150 cases to 153 yesterday. So when those case counts start coming down, then we're in a better place. Uh, the one thing I'll have to say is the majority of our cases are scattered throughout our county. So we don't see everything. Um, our cases are coming in from labs and from VDH. So when we get them together... It tells us a, a, a picture. We have a dashboard that's going to be coming out soon where you can see um, some more data that was released, that will be released by VDH. And please know, VDH is the person or is the organization that allows us to put data out. So when people say they want data by ethnicity, D VDH is the purveyor of the information. When people oh, okay. ask about... And I and I got clipped on a on a I was on a call with Congressman Byer, and they asked me they wanted to know ethnicity and where people live. Can't do that. VDH, if they decide they want to do that, then I'm able to do that because they are the purveyor of information. So the, depending on how you ask the question, it could be a HIPAA, or it could be just that VDH has to figure out a way to do it. And I got. No, nah, I wouldn't say I got clipped, but I I got a strong, yeah. a strong person went after me a little bit, and I you know I said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not the purveyor of the data. I get the data from Dr. Gloria. Dr. Gloria gives it to VDH. VDH then tells us what what and how we can use, and, and from a from a perspective of where everything is, we do have standard operating procedure. The minute I can devise or divulge more information, I certainly will. But I have to have it to do to do that. Um, so, mm. well, that's a, that's an excellent point about the Virginia Department of Health that I don't think a lot of people understand. So I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, in the in the, I got two more questions. Uh, a final, uh, the the first final <laughs> before the second. Uh, anything um, we haven't talked about that you really wanted to mention, or anything um, you thought I should have asked you. 
That's always a loaded question, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I'm just looking forward to the uh, public hearing for the budget that's scheduled on uh, April 28th, 29th, and uh, 30th. Um, and then we have the Board of Supervisor markup on May 5th, and uh, hopefully we can adopt the budget on uh, May 12th. Um, the school budget will be adopted on May 21st, but they have their public hearings 11th, 12th, and 13th of May. Our fiscal year begins July 1, 2020. Is going to be that was going to be the start of my fourth fiscal year here in Fairfax County. I didn't expect to uh, see all of what I've seen in the in the years thus far. Um, I looked a little grizzled. I used to be a lot taller. I didn't have gray hair. I look like Father Christmas most days if I don't shave. So uh, just bear with us. Uh, we're going to again incorporate quarterly quarterly. Um, reviews so we know where we are and we're going to modulate how we go forward. Uh, I am going to hopefully steady and steer the ship as straight and steady as possible. I just hope everybody can jump on board with us. Um, I've been reaching out to the unions and the fire unions, you know. Um, I'm not trying to um, dictate to what they should do, but I, I'm hopeful that they all are going to be on the same page with us because this is going to be a Herculean event, and it's going to, be, it's going to take all of us to get through this. Well, a lot, of, a lot of what you just said was going to be in my final question because I know you kind of alluded to the county employees and you gave uh, good messages uh, for them during this podcast. You also addressed kind of the business community. But uh, my final question was going to be the, uh, a final message or final thought to the county residents. So anything else other than what you just said would, would you say to, to a county resident listening right now? Well, I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say one to the county resident and one to the county business owner. Uh, the, the county business owner, and I want everybody to understand that 90% of businesses in Fairfax County are 50 or less, and this is why we're standing up the microloan program as well as helping them get through the SBA because those are the lifeblood of of Fairfax County and to the residents of Fairfax County. Our goal is to provide the same service that you received, if not better, prior to this pandemic. This is why we are upping our game and this is why we're going to do more with technology, but yet embrace the fact that not everybody has technology. When you look at one Fairfax having access and equity, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure everybody has a level playing field. This pandemic does not have a level playing field, but the question is what we can do as stewards and leaders of this community to ensure that everyone has a level playing field. How you take it from when it's level is on you, it's on us, it's it's a we, but all I'm going to say is that we're going to continue to provide the top level service throughout Fairfax County going forward. That is my mission, that is our goal, and that's how we're going to move forward. The Board of Supervisors have been absolutely brilliant to work with thus far with regard to what we've been trying to do. Their leadership and direction has been impeccable. I speak to Jeff McKay every day. Um, every supervisor within a three-day period, I've, we, we, we discuss, we reach out to, everybody's engaged and involved. So going forward, I think uh, the residents of Fairfax County have great leadership in this county. We have been able to do many things thus far, and we're going to do a lot more. Uh, we just need to figure out the best way and the best course of action to ensure that we can maintain the high level of services that we have provided our great residents. So the 1.2 million deserve the, all of us right now, and we are providing uh, that service to all of them.
All right. Mr. Hill, you take care of yourself and uh, stay FFX strong, as uh, our hashtag on social media says. So uh, uh, keep safe and keep healthy and uh, keep leading Fairfax County. And thank you so much for being on the uh, Connect with County Leaders podcast. All right, Jim. It's good to, good to talk to you, man. hope everything's well at home. Tell Mrs. Person I said what's up, okay? <laughs> we'll do it. Thank you, sir. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.